Welcome to the Remote Leadership Podcast. I'm Deborah Dinocenzo, and I'll be your host and guide as we explore new challenges and proven keys to success for leaders and teams who must get results from a distance. For more than two decades, I've helped organizations and leaders successfully go virtual. Now that we're all on a trajectory toward the next normal of work from anywhere and hybrid teams, I'm excited to share with you the insights and expertise that thousands of leaders and teams have acquired through my books, coaching, training, and presentations. Join me to learn tips, techniques, and skills that leaders and teams in your organization can implement now to achieve effectiveness in our evolving remote workplace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Remote Leadership Podcast. I am thrilled today to have with us Cassie Labori. And Cassie is the principal consultant at Cassie Labori Consulting. And she's a speaker, an instructional designer, a classroom facilitator, and has also been involved in virtual teams uh, up close and personal. And so we're going to talk today about engagement and best ways to facilitate engagement in team meetings as well as learning events. Uh, Cassie's also an author. And she specializes in virtual learning, teams, and live online technology. Uh, Cassie has written a book called Interact and Engage, and I know she'll be sharing a lot of great information from both her book and her experience. So Cassie, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks so much for having me, Deborah. It's a, a pleasure to be here today. Well, I'm looking forward to this because I've touched on in previous podcasts issues around engagement and virtual presence. And so um, I, I believe our listeners would love to hear from you since you are deep into this. The, what are the key components and the best ways for, for leaders and team members to be engaged and to facilitate engagement and to support each other in engagement in all of these virtual and remote meetings that we're doing now? It's such a big question. And uh, what's amazing to me, Deborah, is that it's the same question that we've had all these years. You and I have been doing virtual meetings and, and online training since the late 90s, haven't we? We have. We've been around. We've been around the block several times. I know. And it's amazing to me how it's still just as challenging today as it was then to engage people, even though the technology is leaps and bounds easier to use and uh, more accessible. But 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 the uh, the idea that people are just going to be engaged or I'm going to do certain things that will make them engaged still escapes so many people. And um, right. Right. It makes was, you think about, you know, like what what's what's wrong? You know, what were you going right. to say? Right. I was I was very surprised coming out of covid when we did a survey of leaders in terms of what, what their challenges are as we were shifting more to hybrid work. They're still asking for training on on remote meetings, which right. you know we had a pretty intense introduction, um, maybe not the best way to train up for that. During COVID, we just did a ton of it. And so people are still yearning for best ways to use these really great technologies. And you're right, we've come a long way with technology, 
Uh, yeah. If we think back to when you and I first started in this business, you know, it was like dial-up modems. And right. uh, here, here we are now. You turned on the webcam, you were sure to break everything. Exactly, <laughs> so. exactly. So, you know, our ability to, to do these meetings and include people from around the planet so easily and to time shift delivery of content and all of those things. So people are still struggling. Uh, leaders particularly want to do this and do it well. So in your experience in the work that you're doing with, with organizations and with leaders, um, you know, share with us what, what uh, you're, you're coaching them to do to, to mm-hmm. do this well. I think we need to examine what our definitions of engagement are. You know, I think, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's in the way. What does engagement mean? And mm-hmm. it, it amazes me today that it's still the case that many people think if I get on a camera and talk, then they're going to listen to me. <laughs> they need this. And so they're going to listen to me lead this meeting or run this training, uh, you know, or, or do this webinar. But the truth is we need to focus on, I think personally, and this is what I'm coaching people on every day. We need to focus on what the purpose of you being on that camera or in that online meeting, any meeting for that matter, what is the purpose? What does your audience need to do with what you're sharing? And if we could focus on what people need to do with that information, that whatever it is, if we can focus on that and then and then design what we do towards that, we're going to have such a better outcome than, right, than right. let me just tell you everything I just learned or let me just tell you the world according to me. You know, right. as much as I might want that, people don't really care. <laughs> they care right. about the world according to them. And right. so I need to... Yeah, that, that's the big challenge. What does an engagement mean? And let's look at our definition of what you're having people do. And, and is it their definition of engagement or is it yours? That's another thing. And, and then the other part of it is the technology and just the recognition that just because we are looking at each other on a camera doesn't mean that that's working for people. You know, and, and we, we need to look at what options we have in the technology that are aligned with what people need to do as a result of spending time there. Absolutely. So I love that you kind of start with um, purpose and in our virtual meeting guidelines, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts, um, it's the first, the first step is purpose and importance. What is the purpose of this meeting, this discussion, even if it's just one-on-one and why is it important? And, and it's not really just important to the person leading the meeting. You really, you're right. You have to position that in terms of why it's important to those who are listening which facilitates mm-hmm. engagement. I have a mantra. Uh, I have a mantra that I try to uh, live by in my work. And that mantra is, what did I just say or do that I could have let you say or do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why did I read that slide to you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would rather, you know, here's what I do. I'll bring up a slide that has some points on it. And, you know, yeah, I follow all the PowerPoint rules, whatever, probably the visuals, and it's got some points on it. So why, though, you do not need me to read the slide to you. What is going to be of interest to you is why I'm sharing it and what it means to the greater purpose of why we've we've gathered. And so what I'll do is set the stage for whatever those points are. You know, what you'll see on your screen in a moment are three key points for whatever thing. Uh, Take a moment to review those for yourself. Once you've read them, Click on whatever, you know, raise hand or whatever we have available to let me know you're done reading. 
And then once the majority of the people have done that, then I'll say, all right, let's discuss. Which ones do you want to discuss? Put a check mark next to it. Uh, raise your hand to talk. I've numbered them. Type the number in the chat. Whatever. I'm going to continue to use the features of the platform to my advantage. Right. You know, in person, I would just lean on nonverbal communication. And so online, I'm going to lean on using the features to replace nonverbal communication and have it be about you and for you connected to the greater purpose of why we're meeting in the first place. You don't right. need me to tell you. And guess what? If you needed me to tell you, I could just record it. Right. And I could do it in five minutes and send it to you. And then you could watch that. And then we'll have another meeting on what you saw when you watched it. And then there's a whole set of things on what why people don't watch things. But that's another meeting, right? right. right, <laughs> so. right, right, right. Or even worse, I could send you an email with those points in it. Um, and <laughs> which is you know, yeah. <laughs> really very non-dynamic communication. So I love all these new technologies that I think are replacing or helping us overcome some of the obstacles that we complained about for years when we started remote work and all we had was, I always called them the bat phones, those, those teleconference <laughs> phones that would sit in the middle of the conference room. And that was all we had. And we didn't have even nonverbals that you could pick up from people through, through video, um, know, which gets amazing. to a point about um, so many people tend to turn their cameras off. And mm -hmm. I'm curious about what your viewpoint is on that and, and what, what your experience is with how that diminishes engagement and how do we encourage people to leverage the visual component of these remote meetings and learning events. That is such a hot topic, Deborah. Uh, um, it is, I know. <laughs> a lot of different ins and outs with this, but the first thing that comes to mind for me, I love reading uh, works by Brene Brown because she speaks of you know, empathy, vulnerability, kindness, understanding. Um, and I very much have that approach. I, I believe in our world today that a, a webcam or that being on camera is has been normalized mm -hmm. and so much so that people are expecting us to be on camera. What concerns me kind of a little though, is that, you know, taking it back to the beginnings of being in online meetings in the late nineties, people thought if only we were on camera, then we'd be surely to be engaged. <laughs> we and did. The truth is, yes. We did. Right. And we thought, can't they just fix that? So then, but the thing is, it's just because people are sitting there staring at you on their camera does not mean that they are engaged. And it goes back to our purpose. What are people doing? What are you having them do, participate in, use as a result of spending time with you, whether that's a meeting, a training, or a webinar, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and, and so this idea of the camera, I think that in our world today, if you're the leader of the meeting, you're the presenter, you need to be on camera because we need to connect with you and we need to trust you and we have to... Um, see you as somebody who's credible and that we respect enough to, to be able to learn from, listen to, be led by. Yeah. And, and so you need to figure out how to be good on the camera and be as natural as possible. Um, in, in the world that I live, you know, with, with learning and development, does every single attendee need to be on the camera all day long to prove that they learned it? I don't think so. That's not I think much proof, that, actually, really. It's not really proof. It's yeah. just proof of they were on camera. Right. And what I need to do as a learning leader is make sure that the instructional design of our of my programs and what I'm delivering, what I'm teaching people to deliver, is is uh, is is aligned with objectives and people have opportunities to prove it. And yes, our our networking is going to grow, our communication skills are going to grow, our ability to connect with each other remotely grows when we can be on camera. But I also think that we have to have an empathetic approach towards we're on camera all the time now, 
And um, one of the things that I'll do in my classes and meetings is I'd like for you to be on camera. It's I want, I'd also like for you to be comfortable and, and happy today. And if you need to go off camera for a moment, that's okay. Let's make a commitment to each other that when you speak, you'll come on camera. And then if you need to go off for a moment, that's also okay too. Right. And right. We'll I mean, commit if to if contribute in other ways. If your cat's walking across your keyboard, it might be a good idea to turn the camera off. Maybe. I don't know. I'm a big cat fan and I yeah. actually like the cats, but you know, there's things that would require people going off camera. Um, nursing mothers, for example, let's yes. just let them have privacy for a right. moment. Absolutely. Right. So there's things right. that are normal and, and wonderful that we're able to do today in different ways. And so I think it goes back to Brene Brown, you know, the empathetic approach uh, that we're all doing our best and bringing our best. And I find that if people know that that's my perspective and they want to live up to that themselves and, and coming at it from an understanding empathetic place really encourages people. And uh, yeah. there's a, there's interesting research that's going to keep coming out about all of us being on camera all the time. And I'm just going to keep my eye on it. And for yeah. now, I'm just going to try to lead with kindness and understanding. Well, and, you know, for some organizations that are really geographically dispersed, there's a, there's intense amount of, of screen time. And that does take its toll. There's no question about that. Um, yeah. I, you know, I found a lot of people complaining uh, throughout COVID about all these meetings. And I always reminded them, you know, we complained <laughs> about meetings when we were in the office, too. <laughs> so, but, yeah, and there's no doubt that the camera, you know, it's going to help us build relationships easier. Like if you are not going to be on camera, then guess what? You got to step up your chat game. You're yes. going to have to step up your annotation game. You better take yeah. the lead in the breakout. You better be submitting all the answers first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, well, if you're just on the camera, we're like, oh, so-and-so's engaged. They're on camera. Well, the other you're, person, you're, you're raising I'm some like, interesting points about the capability. <laughs> this is the other thing I found. We're not leveraging all the capability of the technologies to encourage engagement. So there's there's chatting and there is breakouts to go into small groups, come back and report. That oh, really, yes. I find, facilitates much more engagement. It's much harder to to not talk in a three-person breakout. Um, particularly yeah, and like leaders back. need to, we need to lead by example. Like you can't get into a meeting and be like, please use the chat when you feel free to use it. No, you have to pose the question and say, let's all answer in the chat. Exactly. Let's normalize exactly. the right. chat as part of the conversation. And right. then you have to, you have to lead by example. You right. know, on, and, on and the using, virtual teams um, that I've been part tools. of. That's tools like polling, polling tools, tools like polling to get people to respond to things. And I also love the idea of, um, and it's one of the things they talk about in virtual meeting guidelines is you don't have, as the leader of the meeting, you don't have to do everything. You can, yeah. you know, ask someone else to manage the agenda and ask somebody else to be the timekeeper and, and take different topics and ask different people in the meeting to right. facilitate those topics. Um, so there are a lot of ways to in, encourage engagement um, and uh, and to get people involved more where they really want to be engaged. You also That's mentioned, right. um, you know, the notion of empathy and building trust. And this is so important because in, in my viewpoint, one of the key components of trust is familiarity. People have heard me talk about this in, in previous podcasts. You know, people really have to feel like they know each other to, and then of course there are other components as well, like reliability and follow through and um, right. integrity, but really familiarity is a major component of 
of trust. And I think when we are looking at each other, seeing each other, we have a face with a name. Remember years we said, oh, if only we could have a face with a name and a voice. <laughs> and um, now and we now do. We, and we're still not now happy, we have but... it. Exactly. Exactly. So, but you know, it's like, it's more than that too, right? Like it starts with that, but we have to allow people to share too. Like one of my favorite things to do is to have people change their virtual background to their pet or their child for just a moment, yep. you know, something that says, or, or maybe a recent vacation. And, you know, what that does is it takes the pressure off being on the camera and puts it, puts the focus on the background. And then you're getting to learn something about the person, you know, within the proper settings, of course, but, you know, sharing about yourself in, in ways that allow people to connect. So to important, so important. When and I- then letting them do it too, you know, and, right. and, and in ways that are authentic and not contrived as well. And I think that we need to learn to let go of some of the control Mm-hmm. You know, that I think like I see this a lot with people using the Zooms and the Teams and things, you know, in a moment, we'll be sending a chat. Well, why are we waiting a moment? Let's just send right. a chat. Like- <laughs> send a chat, right. Well, one of the things yeah. I used to do when I did live face-to-face training, which, you know, a lot of training is all day long, right? People cannot keep their mind completely on what's happening in a meeting for eight hours. It's just that the mind doesn't work that way. So I would always start by saying, okay, now uh, we know this for a fact, we're going to tune out all of us every now and then, and we're going to go someplace. It might be your favorite place. It might be a family member that's unwell that you're concerned about. Uh, It might be, you know, the trip you're planning to take this weekend. And I let people share where their, where their mind is going to go when they're, when they tune out for a few seconds And that's a way also for people to get to know each other, uh, which happened a lot in the early part of the pandemic. Um, I saw so many leaders doing fabulous things uh, in terms of really connecting because we really were worried about each other then, right? We were. We were having a collective near-death experience. Yeah, we were very much more like coming at it from a human approach. And now we're kind of like, yes, yes, right. If only we could recapture some of that and continue to integrate that along with all of the other overwhelming stuff that people have, and there's not enough hours in the day. Yes, but remember what how, how powerful it was, when people really were connecting at a human level, and asking, how are you? How's everyone in your family? It's right. It's so important. Yeah, it is as simple as that. And, you know, and you can, and you can manage that within the context of what your meeting purpose is, you know, just just a moment of letting people share. And I think one of the beautiful things about being online is that we can concurrently respond. Whereas in person, a lot of times it would be one at a time. And so, you know, you don't have time for that, but, but online, we can all respond with feedback or backgrounds or chat or something that's just very quick, but kind and um, I love your point about having help too. Um, my the second book that I published was on producing virtual training meetings and webinars, and it's around the concept of all the production tasks and the yeah. idea of having a producer or a partner to to help you run things and manage things. And even if you don't have a person dedicated to that, just having people be like the person who's going to lead on the chat. You know, I'm I'm going to have um, I'm going to have Rachel help me lead on chat. If I miss something, Rachel's got us, everybody. You know, right? And, right. and people right. tend to like to have those kind of responsibilities. They tend to they want to be involved because sitting and listening isn't working. And, right. Um, and Rachel's much more engaged 
if she she's is, yeah. watching the chat <laughs> and helping with that. And just think about, you know, we're do, we're recording this now and we're we're on, we're on Zoom. If I had to be watching a chat at the same time, it would be distracting. It would feel a little bit more overwhelming. And so I think that's where people get hung up on the technology um, and they don't have to put, let somebody else put the poll up, not try to manage all of that themselves, which gets back mm-hmm. to a point I always try to make to leaders is that they don't have to do everything all the time anyway. Ask I know anyway, help. even in person. And you yeah, know what exactly. else happens is that what I have, where I'm at in my career today is that if chats are not coming through, I'm the exact opposite of what you just said. I'm distracted because there are none. Right. So for me, I've turned that corner. I turned it a long time ago where when I am presenting in person, I'm sort of wishing there was a chat projected on the wall for me because trying to read your nonverbal communication is like trying to be Sherlock Holmes. You know, I don't know what that means, but if you type it in the chat, I know what you meant. You typed it. And and so it's, uh, it can feel distracting at first, but with help and assistance like that, you can learn to get used to it and it becomes how you've replaced that nonverbal communication and how you keep yourself from being a talking head that people aren't listening to. If right. you're a person presenting a meeting, leading a webinar, doing an online training, and you're not watching the chat, you are a talking head that is missing out on what people are saying and doing. Is it your job to control it? Yeah. To a certain extent, you're the leader. Right. And so you need right. to be controlling it and watching it so that it's part of what's happening because otherwise you are missing out. And that is why you're not connected to people. And Amazing. That, that, that reminds me that, and I, I do try to remind leaders about this, that they need to welcome chats that are happening throughout the meeting. Um, right. Some people are, and they need, also need to be mindful of cultural differences. And, uh, you know, some people, I'm still on, still on Zoom events where, um, and different kinds of meetings where uh, someone will say, would you, you know, just raise your hand if you have a question. Somebody else, somebody will say, how do I raise my hand? I, or, or and they're not going to. They're not going to interrupt you. They're so unlikely. The only reason that they would is because they're comfortable. Everyone else is doing it. You've modeled it. You're actually responding to it. Because that's another thing. They may say, please raise your hand if, and then they never see it. Yes, 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 and yes. So, you have to, yeah, right. You have to be watching for that stuff. Or, have somebody on the meeting that's watching for hand raises and somebody else that's monitoring the chat and somebody else that's leading a different part of the meeting. Um, and if they're doing that, you've got to be connected to those people. So right. I can't have somebody separate answering the chat and I'm just my talking head. Right. Right. Cause that they still isn't very engaging. That's the presenters disconnected and somebody else, the person in the chat's the one that's connected. So right. there has right. to be right. things right. built in place. If you do have help where you're saying, Hey, um, Rachel, what's going on in the chat? What are some of the themes that you've noticed so you can stop and pull that right. in and include it in your messaging? Or you've you agreed that or you've agreed that Rachel is going to interrupt and say, hey, there's a really important question here. Uh, I think we need to clarify this and make it really more as dynamic as it would be, because that's what would happen if we were face to face. Or you would yeah. see that confused look, right? And, and you would. And so now we have to just make it happen. And I actually think that, you know, after all these years of being online, I think we're we're more productive online than we are in person. We assume a whole lot of things in person and we assume that we're really great when we're in person. And I think we get to start fresh coming online. It's holding us to higher and more specific ob- uh, objectives and standards. I we're, agree. we're being held accountable. We can't get away with donuts anymore. 
right. you know, or right. the networking lunch that's about to happen, people can just press that X. Yeah. And so now yeah. I have to do something that's going to be more valuable and I've got to pay attention to you or otherwise you're out. Yep. So it sounds like we're concluding here a big part of engagement and having engagement be done well is using the technology well. I think it starts with um, defining what engagement means to you. And then, yeah, you got to use the technology to enhance that. It's why I put together Interact and Engage. My book is like a cookbook, if you will. It's recipes for all sorts of different activities so that you don't have to be the one talking the whole time, wondering. They say hope is not a strategy, right? Wondering and hoping that people are engaged. Well, if you implement activities, the engagement, the proof will be there. The, the, the proof of the engagement is in the chat. It's in the poll response. It's in the debrief of the breakout. So yeah, you're right. We have to learn the technology. Then we have to use it. We have to use it with purpose connected to why we're gathering together in the first place. And that, you know, there's a good reminder here for leaders because I, I, I'm fearful that leaders will hear this and say, oh, now I really need to sit down and think about what does engagement mean? And that would be the wrong way to do that. You know, Ask your team, have a group, a discussion, form that, formulate that together. What, what do we want engagement to mean for us as a team? Go back to the mantra. What did I just say or do that you could have said or done? Ask them, what do they want? What do they think? How do they want to do it? What way are they going to get there? It's like, it's like leading by example, leading by inspiring and enabling people. Yeah. We don't have to have the answer. We have to form the path and open the doors so they can find the answers. And we just need to be clear on where we're headed. Right. Which is what we go here. How should we get there? Right. That's what leadership, the essence of leadership, really. So Cassie, um, so it sounds like there's some great resources in your book. So please share with us how people can access your book and uh, your website and learn more about um, the resources that you offer to the world. Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me today and for asking. Uh, My, my book is called uh, Interact and Engage. And there are over 75 activity examples for meetings, for webinars, and for virtual training. And you can get a hold of the book on Amazon. And I've also got information about that book, as well as the one I wrote about the production side of things as well, at my website. And my website is just CassieConsulting.com. Okay, great. And that's Cassie with a K. K-A-S-S-Y. Y, K-A-S-S-Y consulting.com. And we'll have that in the notes for the podcast as well. So um, this has been really great, very informative um, and some great reminders for leaders and teams about the importance of engagement and starting with purpose and understanding really what does engagement mean and what do we want it to mean for us as a team? Um, And then, you know, yeah, so and there good. and there are many many ways to facilitate this, and um, so I hope people will access your book and learn about those what seventy five ways. I'm looking forward to learning more about them as well. So, anyway, <laughs> thank so thank you, thank you for joining us and and sharing uh, your experience and your insights, and um, and uh, I appreciate it very much. And this has been delightful. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remote Leadership Podcast. If you found value in what you heard, share this with your colleagues. And if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. 
Additional free resources and direct ways to reach me are available at remoteleadershippodcast.com. Thanks for listening and for always learning.